Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 36 Patience is a Virtue. My grandmother was a weaver. I didn't find this out until after she passed away, and she hadn't done it in a long time, but she made some lovely fine tablecloths that are now family heirlooms. And because my grandmother was a weaver, this is the week I started being very impatient to be in the new house. I know that's a leap in logic, so let me explain, Sherlock Holmes style. This week, I came into possession of a loom, The mother of a friend of a friend passed away quite suddenly, and they were looking for a home for her floor loom, as she was a weaver. It came to pass that the loom ended up with me, and this week my friend picked it up, and we met at the storage unit Mike and I have rented for things in the move we might need access to while we're between permanent residences. We moved the pieces into the unit, and she named them off. Front beam, back beam, heddle, reed. I have a passing familiarity with them all, but no idea how they form a whole. My friend promised to come over when it's time to put it together, and since it was a pretty ugly day weather-wise, we just quickly put it all inside and closed up the unit. Mike and I stopped by a few days later, so I could show it to him, rearrange a little bit, and wrap some blankets around pieces to protect them. But there was something about having the loom there, just there, in pieces and stacked haphazardly in a storage unit, that bothered me. This weekend, I finished weaving some tea towels on the table loom I have. It felt good to finish a weaving project that's been going on for far too long, and also learning a little more about the craft. I started thinking about my grandmother going to school to learn to weave, and how she might have looked at the tea towels that came out of the wash looking a little unexpected, and what she might have been able to tell me about why it happened. I started thinking about the woman who owned the loom in the storage unit and about how her family only wanted her loom to go to someone who would enjoy it and use it. And then suddenly, I was done with waiting. I wanted to be in the new house now. Now, normally I'm a fairly patient person. I'm not saying I don't occasionally have moments where things are definitely not happening as I think they should. I'm human, after all. But generally, I accept that things unfold as they do, and there's only so much I can do to change the pace. Time does not speed up just because I wish it would. Laundry doesn't dry faster. People do not do their tasks any quicker. We do not leave the house any sooner. And in normal circumstances, I accept this, because I am aware of the limitations of my influence. But it seems my stores of patience are seriously low on inventory right now. It's not just the house I'm impatient about. I'm less forgiving of myself in spinning, berating myself for wasting time on yet another sample that didn't work out. I work on my knitting projects and don't seem to make any appreciable progress. I find myself staying up late, trying to squeeze in just a little more of each day, and yet wishing each day would go by faster. Every time I stop by the house, I sneak up onto the front porch and peek in the window. The window I look through looks into one of my rooms, the front flex room, which will most likely be called the library once we move in. The plan for that room is for all the bookcases and a nice, comfortable chair for knitting, reading, and embroidery. 
I look through the window at the framed walls, with wiring and ductwork. Look over to the kitchen where I can see the plumbing roughed in. Look at the stairs that will lead up to the bedroom and the fibratorium. And just want to be sitting there, in my comfortable chair, looking out the window instead of in. But no matter how hard I try, I cannot make things go any faster. I must content myself that we've almost scheduled the movers. That in two days I will do the pre-drywall inspection of the house. That I have a loom in storage that I will be able to use for my final project for Master Spinner Level 3. I have to put thoughts of weaving on the loom and spinning on my great-grandmother's spinning wheel aside for another three or four months, and instead focus on the milestones. Fiber week. Packing up the house. Moving into the suite. The next house inspection. Getting a possession date. I must try to fill up on patience again, so that I can be patient with myself as well as others. Because, inevitably, time proceeds at the pace it will, and the only thing that I can influence is my own attitude about it. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. What seems to happen to me on long weekends is that Saturday is, you know, pretty, pretty busy. And Sunday, I just sort of lose it <laughs> and need to relax. And then Monday, I get back to it. So that's exactly what happened yesterday. Uh, I just needed the time to sit. I read a book, I watched a movie, and that and it did a little bit of spinning, I'm not going to lie, but but that was pretty much it. So, sorry for the delay in the episode. Um, it's still coming out in, you know, 24 hours, and about where it should, so. What are we doing for Fiber Week? Well, I actually did make some progress. I made uh, the wrist distaff. I, I still use the, the wooden bracelet that I got from my dad. And uh, I actually didn't use as much of the um, cabled yarn as I thought I would. I probably could have done the whole thing out of the cabled yarn, but uh, but I still I like the way this looks. So what I ended up doing was a finger loop braid, and and for whatever reason, and this was completely unexpected, I ended up with a split braid. So so it automatically formed a loop, which was nice. And then um, I threaded beads onto each loop at certain points, and that, you know, gathered it together. So I've got, it's, it's hard to describe, I've got two distinct uh, loops and then a couple of tails. So I'm pretty happy with it. I don't think it looks bad. And it, it'll, it'll do for, for, the, for the exercise. So now I just have to dress it. I'll grab some roving from the basement and and dress it and then that can go into my book and that's one sample done so that feels pretty good uh and then yeah so this weekend the long weekend I was planning to really go and figure out I wanted to spin silk for my level four dyeing skeins but I kind of needed to figure out if it was going to work or not so I I started to sample and and I I tried to spin 12 TPI in the ply again. And I really probably should have learned from last time, but I thought I'd maybe done something wrong. Well, no, I didn't. So here I was spinning silk brick, 
trying for 12 TPI in the ply. And it was just, it was kinking up on itself. It just wasn't going well. And after about probably an hour and a half of spinning, I said, you know what? No, that, that this isn't working. I stopped. I, I wound it off into an Andean bracelet and I plied it on itself. I didn't, at the end, it got tangled and it was nasty and, and that I had to cut it off. But uh, but I applied it back onto itself and yeah, it was a nasty, tang- kinked up mess and and I was really frustrated. I was really upset with myself. And so I stopped for the day. I, I, I thought it was the silk, you know, I thought I, I couldn't spin silk. But, uh, but after I gave it some thought, I'm like, you know, try spinning it at a lower TPI and see if it works. So that's what I did on, uh, uh, yesterday I spun a sample, uh, at eight twists per inch in the ply. And my goodness, did that ever work so much better than 12? It actually looked like yarn. It behaved like yarn. I could actually spin it without the twist getting into my fiber supply. It was amazing. I I felt like I was actually a good spinner there for a minute. It was, uh, it was good. So, so I was much happier with that. And so I made up my sample and, uh, and I weighed it and calculated out the yardage per gram and then figured out how much of the, of uh, the bomb, it was bombix that I was using, how much bombix I would need to spin up 300 yards, which is what I need for level four dyeing. And I did not have enough bombix to do it. I was short by about 12 grams and you can't just fake that. So, so I had enough tassa silk to do it. I need to spin about 75 grams worth. So I measured out, uh, it's going to be a two ply. So I measured out two, about 37, 38 grams. And so now it's just a matter of sitting down and spinning, uh, spinning each single. I get, I got to start on it today. I probably spun, I don't know, 10, 15 grams of, uh, of the one. So it's going to take a while. Um, it's going to take a little bit, but, but you know, it's working. I'm happy with it. I'm not having any problems. So that's at least good. So that's where I'm at with, uh, with the spinning for my level four homework. Now, if my Bombix sample at 8 TPI measures out to 8 TPI, because I've washed it, I just have to sit down and see. I am so putting that in my workbook, because that will be fantastic. And then there's one last skein to spin afterwards, which is good. So I just have to measure that out and see if it actually came to 8 twists per inch in the ply. I'm hopeful. I'm not going to swear by it, but by the math it should work. So, so yeah, uh, once I'm done with the level four dyeing skeins, get those washed, get those measured out, then it's back hardcore onto the homework. I'm still working off and on, on, uh, spinning cotton on a tackly. And I do have one more swatch left to knit. And then I'm kind of at a, at a stall point until I start spinning, uh, for level three again. I'm I'm off and on very frustrated with level three and determined. 
And it just depends on how the day has gone as to which one I'm at. I'm not giving up, but I'm seriously considering taking a year off after I finish my level four homework. And and I'm, that might just be the move talking, um, but it, it's a lot of things too. I've, I've also been struggling with my legs this weekend. I, uh, I've lost quite a bit of feeling in my feet because of various things, but including the spinning. So I, there's parts of that that are, that are, you know, influencing my thoughts right now, but I can't, I, I, I've already paid for the marking for level four. I'm, I'm going to do my level four homework. I'm probably going to have to take an extension on level four as well, but, uh, but I am depending on how it goes, I'm thinking that maybe a year off before level five might be good. It would give me a year to sort of absorb everything that I've been learning and, 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 you know, bring it into practice in my spinning in a way that I haven't been able to at this point. So again, I'm not making any decisions. I got to get through level three. I got to get through level four and then I will decide. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about right now. All right, level two, we are on the final project for level two. You should all be fairly familiar with my final project because you see it in every photograph, well, ever since I knit it, um, and or, uh, after I got it back from marking, because it's on my sheep, it's on Lemma. So for my final project, it's a 25-hour project, and so what I decided to do was um, a, a sweater for my toy sheep. Now, when you when you sit down and think about it, a 25 hours to spin and create a project isn't all that much. And for me, what it worked out to was when I when I'm looking at my timesheet, uh, the wool was already washed, so I didn't have to do that. I spent uh, two and a third hours carding. I spun a sample and washed it in about half an hour. I knit a swatch in about 40 minutes. It took me about three hours to design the pattern because obviously you're not going to find a pattern that's going to fit a doll perfectly unless it's, you know, just a, a, a doll that everybody has. Then I spent seven hours spinning, uh, about uh, 20 minutes washing the yarn to, to set it because it was woolen. And then knitting took me 11 and a half hours. And then again, blocking took me about 15 minutes. So that worked out to 25 and a half hours. That was almost perfect. And if I hadn't spent the three hours designing, I would have been short on time. So I guess, am I a fast spinner or a fast knitter? I was spinning woolen and that tends to go a little faster for the yardage. So I was, I was close on it. I was, I was very close on the time. Now for level three, 50 hours. I'm planning to weave. I have no idea how long it's going to take. It's probably going to take longer than 50 hours, but it needs to be a bigger project. I already know that bigger than a, a toy sweater. Now for, for level one and two, you really do want to pick a smaller project, a pair of mittens, uh, maybe a colorwork hat, uh, maybe a toy sweater that's a little larger than this or or uh, something for a baby but you don't want to be picking a large shawl or uh, or an adult sized sweater 
or anything like that, because that's going to be way, way too much time that you're going to spend on your final project. So I'm, I was really pleased with the way it worked out. I had a lot of fun designing it. It really pushed my boundaries and, uh, and and yeah, one of the things I've noted here was that design isn't so scary. It just takes time and math. Anyhow, I got almost, almost full marks on uh, on the project. Uh, what, what does that work out to? 86% I got on my final project. Where did I lose marks? Oh, consistency in the brown yarn was a little lacking and uh and my singles vary in grist and twists per inch my plying varies and i measured my angle of twist a little high so basically what i've been saying ever since i started talking about my homework for level two consistency in spinning measuring the angle I still need to work on that, need practice. But, uh, but yeah, you know, overall, you know, it worked out really well as a final project and, and in terms of the time, what I learned and, and how I pushed myself. And that's what you're supposed to do in a final project. So that brings us to the end of the exploration of level two. I'm hoping by next episode, hoping to be done spinning for the level four dice gains. I I can't say one way or the other whether I will be, but I'm really hoping. And I hope to have the one sample knit. So at least then that's done as well for level three. I'm really looking forward to fiber week. I, I can't wait to get there, even though it's going to be, it's literally the week before we move, but it'll be a really nice escape from everything that's going on right now. So that's the Fiber Week update. Fiber Notes. I think it was last episode where I said that pictures of my sweater and the hat would be up tomorrow. They're still not quite up. <laughs> Have I mentioned how insane my life is right now? I also got voluntold for something at work, which I had to do outside of work hours. That was fun. But I don't mind necessarily. It only took me about three hours, but it was three hours I really didn't have. So I am working on getting photographs of the hat, the colorwork hat, and of my sweater up on Ravelry as we speak. Well, not maybe as we speak. But probably while I'm working on the final bits of the episode. Anyhow, I sewed buttons on the sweater. I went looking through my button jar, and would you believe I have this huge jar of buttons, and I don't have, or I didn't have, two buttons of the right size that matched uh, and looked good. So I had to go buy buttons. It's crazy. I don't understand it. But I went and bought buttons and I sewed said buttons onto the sweater and I wore the sweater on what day? Friday. And it's perfect. Now it's, it's a little, uh, the, the neckline is a little wide. So there's only certain 
shirts that or types of shirts that I'll be able to wear it with and have it look good. Like a collared shirt's not going to look very good, but, uh, but like a turtleneck shell will look great. And, uh, and maybe, maybe a boat neck. I don't know. I have to try it on, but I love it. It's wonderful and warm and the sleeves are the perfect length and the body is the perfect length. And it kept me warm while I was sitting in training where the day before I froze. So I am so happy that I actually have a sweater and now I want to knit another one, but no, no casting on until all of the projects are finished. So, so I'm really, really happy with it. Thank you so much to my friend for kidding that up for me. It did not take me four years. In fact, it took me slightly less than six months and I knit a huge shawl in between as well. So, and, uh, once I was done that, I, uh, I also just kept working on the tunic, the Noro tunic. Now I'm, I'm doing both rectangles at, a, uh, at the same time. So it's, they're going slower, but I don't have to worry about having one done and then needing the other. So I'm working on that. I was in training all of last week, so there were no breaks. There practically wasn't even a lunch break. So I didn't get as much knitting done last week as I normally would. But we're back to normal this uh, this work week and should should be able to get quite a bit of work done on uh, on those two. The other big thing that I've finished is uh, the weaving project that I had on my table loom. Now, the reason for this is that I'm loaning the table loom uh, to a friend while uh, rather than have it sit in storage, I have a a friend who's interested in weaving. And I'm like, well, I've got this table loom that's just going to sit there. So why don't you borrow it? So I had to have the project off of that by the 31st of May, uh, because that's the next time I'm going to see her. And I thought that I had warped for, uh, for four dishcloths, for, uh, sorry, for tea towels on the loom. And I knew I was on the third one. No, the second one. So I timed myself how long it took me, how long, how much I could knit in half an hour. And based on a warp of four for four tea towels, I had nine hours of weaving left. So on Saturday, I, I split my time between the spinning and the weaving. I was 45 minutes spinning and 45 minutes weaving. And I got through the second one. I, I got into the third one. And then all of a sudden I saw the back bar. I'm like, where's the fourth? Where's, where's the fourth tea towel? Apparently I'd only warped for three. So I was done a lot sooner than I expected, which was good. So I pulled that off the loom on, uh, on Sunday and threw it in the laundry and guess what? If you've got two different types of cotton yarn, they shrink at different rates. So it came off the loom looking nice and came out of the dryer looking like a bubbly mess. So I'm not 100% sure. I mean, it's just the different yarns. I'm sure that's what the problem is. I'm, I have to cut them apart now and uh, and seam the ends so that they you know, the ends don't unravel. And I'm going to iron them. And I probably won't use them for tea towels, but I may use them for like 
breadbasket liners or something that doesn't need to be washed very often. But, uh, but you know, off the loom, you still have the gaps between the, the warp threads and the weft threads. And then once it's been through the wash, it actually looks like fabric. And I made it. And even though it's like, it's bubbly and, and kind of ugly, that's okay, because I made it. So uh, possibly tonight, depending on how much time I have, I will do the ironing and do the seaming and then have three tea towels in beautiful orange and brown colors. And the last thing that I need to do in the next two weeks, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying it on the podcast so that I actually do do it, I need to get the embroidery done on the chronic pain doll because I need to get that mailed to England or at least take photographs of it and get them get it sent. So if I I'm I'm putting it out there, I will have the doll done by the next episode. So you can hold me to that. So that's what I've been working on for fiber notes. Not too much, but considering how busy it's been, that's actually quite a bit of progress. By the wayside. I can't remember what I was doing last Saturday. I think I was running around chores. I honestly can't remember. But I know I didn't work on the tapestry. So I only got one Saturday in. That was uh, that was uh, two days ago. But with that said, I got finished the shields. And I started on some more outlining. So with the shields done... That means that the messengers, the central part of the tapestry, they're finished. Completely done. And now it's just bits and pieces around the outside. And that feels pretty good. It really does. Because, I mean, that was a huge part. And and to know that when I look at it, it, it doesn't look bad. You know, it, it, it looks good. Maybe not necessarily like the tapestry with colors and stuff like that, but... But it's a pretty fair comparison. So I feel really good about that. Anyway, the outlining I'm doing is mostly on the trees. Uh, when I have a little bit left over, I'll find something else in that colored outline. But I think, yeah, I think I'm going to work on the tree. The man, the tree and the man on the tree next. Get the outlining on that one done. And, and again, skip around when I have a little bit of extra yarn. So that will be what I'm working on for the next couple weeks. And that's the By the Wayside update. Thank you for joining me for episode 36. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 37 on June 1st, 2014. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside. <laughs>